I'm Ben Racky, and this is the Rangers of Motion podcast. tell on the podcast will if you could give us uh your background and like kind of how you got into give us your background first and then kind of how you got into like training and lifting um originally yeah so um i'll just take you back to like later in my high school days um so i played football and baseball in high school got recruited to play football at university of north dakota which is where i actually work now um and so obviously when i was playing football at und we had our formal strength and conditioning. Um, we worked with the strength and conditioning staff. Um, and at some point I never really realized it, but at some point when I was in college, so I was originally a criminal justice major. Um, but at some point, probably like my sophomore year ish, um, I kind of looked around the weight room and I was like, Holy shit, we have like real strength and conditioning coaches that, um, this is their job is to work with us in the weight room. And so then I kind of looked into like, the exercise science or the kinesiology route in school. Um, cause I liked training. I liked sports. I, w- I knew I wanted to be around it my whole life. Um, so at the time that's kind of what I got into wanting to do. Um, and yeah, like I said, I love training. I love Olympic weightlifting. I love powerlifting. I love, I just love lifting. Um, I love sprinting, jumping all like the, the stuff you do in training. So I actually changed my major into kinesiology, uh, graduated with that. Uh, went on to play some pro fo- pro football, spent some time with the Falcons, the chiefs, and then a year up in Canada. Um, while I was playing ball still, I, uh, like maintained my relationship with my current boss, who's the director of sports performance at UND. Um, and so when I was done playing, there was actually an opening for a job, um, and on the strength staff here, um, I applied for it uh, got it. And that's kind of where I'm at now. So yeah, I've been here, I've been here since 2018 on staff. Gotcha. Did you, uh, did you lift weights or anything like that before high school or like when you were a kid growing up, were you like into, cause like for me, like I was a fat kid growing up (laughs) and, uh, like I didn't, I didn't even gravitate to the weight room. I mean, I, we lifted and stuff in high school, but like, I didn't gravitate towards the weight room and stuff like that really till college. And for me, it was more about like, all right, like I wanted to, I wanted to actually, I kind of wanted to change positions. I wanted to be, I wanted, I didn't want to be a tackle anymore. I was an offensive tackle. I was, I, I went to the university of Dayton my first semester redshirted, And then I transferred back home to a small division three school and I wanted to play tight end. So I wanted to, I, I got down to like two thirty five. long story short, like that in that period of time is like when I started like falling in love with like, just, everything about training. Now I have friends too, that were like kind of into like bodybuilding and like looking a certain way. So like, but those same friends were like also like into like lifting fucking heavy and like doing shit like that. And then I had the same group of friends that were into like playing dunk ball and like playing basketball on the weekend. So like, I kind of was getting the bit, but like, were you, were you into, cause I was into like Rocky and shit like that when I was a kid and like Batman animated series. Like I wanted to be like jacked, like superhero. I never knew how, cause like I didn't have any, my, my parents weren't into training or anything like that. So I didn't have any, any kind of like training background at all, but like, did you ever have any of that? Like when you were a kid, were you always a good athlete when you were a kid, you play a lot of sports? 
Yeah. So, um, every summer, probably starting at like fifth grade or sixth grade, maybe, um, my parents would put me into like the, so I'm from a town called Edina, Minnesota. It's like part of Minneapolis. Comes like at the Edina public high schools. Um, they would put on like a summer strength and conditioning, uh, clinic, I guess, or camp, whatever. Um, so it would be like strength, speed, power, vertical, all that kind of, I don't know, generic stuff that schools put on for, uh, like the community kids. So I did something like that probably every summer. Um, and looking back at it, the, the uh, specifics of what we were doing training wise are not what like the textbook would say is the right thing to do. It's probably not what you would, um, like going back to your kinesiology, um, education in college that from that lens, the training that we were doing probably wasn't what would be considered good. Like we would do an SCA textbook. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. we would do like, we would do cleans for like sets of 10. Um, we would (laughs) like (laughs) all of the stuff we would do. Like, I can't even really get into all of it. Or we'd go on like the Nautilus machines and it'd be like three sets of 10 on the chest press, three sets of 10 on the pull down, three sets of 10 on the leg extension, just like a circuit of it. Um, which I don't really care. It was, it was probably it was better than nothing. Um, and I actually think it, I think it actually helped like, cause it did set like a foundation for me when I was younger to just yeah. like handle a bunch of different types of stress. Um, but yeah, so I, I always did stuff like that. And then I eventually got to high school and like most high school kids, I was extremely arrogant, um, and just thought I knew what to do lifting wise. So then I started just doing my own thing in high school And again, I was probably doing like sets of eight or 12 or something on cleans and just really shitty form and all all of that kind of nonsense. Um, But yeah, like uh, athletic wise, I've always kind of been more gifted, I guess, or more talented in sports. Um, And that's why I I eventually got recruited to college and then played some some pro ball. Um, So yeah, I, uh, I guess I don't know if that really answered your question, but I've always been into training even when I was like in sixth grade and I was just like, just, just getting into sports. it. I, I, yeah. It yeah. was always a fun, fun thing to do. I would have rather done that than do anything else. Like, I don't know, like I have friends who would, who would like to go camping on weekends or go fishing or hunting or whatever, playing yeah. video games. I was always just out playing, playing sports. Um, we had a, we had a basketball hoop in our driveway. I'd be out there playing basketball with my brother for three hours a day in the summer. So yeah, I've, I've always been into training or playing sports, just being, being active. Yeah. It was just not like the training, the training thing for me probably didn't happen until like right before high school, like eighth grade. And like, we knew it was coming. Cause like the high school, like where I went, like that, like there was a lot of talk around the community about like their strength program and like, you know, the, the, the football strength conditioning program. But when I was a kid, I had no exposure to like any kind of, now I played every spot. I mean, I played football, basketball, baseball, you know, and obviously like my parents, we lived on, you know, three acres. So like we're outside all the time, again, basketball, basketball hoop in the, in the driveway and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, there wasn't any like formal training for me until I got into high school. And like, I just, I don't think I understood it. And like, I, it was like, so uncomfortable, like it, it's obviously training is uncomfortable. And like, I didn't, I didn't gravitate towards it to it to, until, until later, until I was in college. Um, but again, I, I was, you know, 
my middle school years, I thinned out, but I was a pretty chubby kid growing up. And then like, I got chubby in high school just to play offensive tackle. And like, that's the other thing too. Like I, I went to a school, like I had options to go to other schools and like actually play tight end and like play the position I wanted to play. But like, I stayed where like all my friends were. What stayed. year were you at Dayton? 2013. 23. You probably, uh, yeah, you probably played against my brother because he went to Drake. Yeah. And I think yeah. his, my brother's senior season was fall of 2013. Yeah. So you probably were, played against them. Yeah. They were in that conference. I read shirt. Yeah. I was standing on the fucking sidelines, my thumb up my ass. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I was, I, I was d- decided to go to that high school. And again, our, our head coach, he wanted me to play tackle because they didn't run a lot of tight end sets and, he just knew that I'd be on the field more and I was a good blocker. It's relatively athletic. Um, but like, uh, I looking back, like it took away from like my, all of my athletic ability essentially like to like play basketball and like be explosive. And like, it was, you know, I, I ballooned up by, by senior year, I was probably close to two eighty. um, at six foot two and just like slow as slow as balls. I mean, I, I guess not terribly slow for two, two. I don't know. I was maybe a five flat 40 or something like that, something. But um, so you've always been a freak. Like that's, that was, that was one of the questions I wrote down was like, have you always <laughs> been a freak? That's pretty much. I mean, yeah, I think I've always been like at the higher end of my peers um, sure. on that spectrum of athletic sure. ability. Yeah, sure. Do you, um, the next question that I have kind of wrote down is like, can because obviously like we both know we played sports like there's just some people that like are just at, like two sides of both sides of the coin like when i'm saying the coin i'm saying like in the weight room and then like on the field or on the court like freaks in the weight room meaning like they're just strong as fuck and can jump really high and you know do all this cool shit and also like just like their skill at their sport, like they're just fucking better than everybody. Now, obviously you have people too that are outliers on both ends of that spectrum as well, where they're just like really good at their sport and like maybe they would benefit from like getting stronger and being able to produce more force. Um, and then there's obviously you're just the, the meatheads, which kind of I turned into in college. Like I just stopped caring about football and only cared about getting swole and jacked. Um, but like can – and I mean, this is, this is really a stupid question, but like, can freaks, can freaks be developed? Like, is that. Oh shit, dude. Like skill wise. And I think they can. Um, but yeah, dude, I I really not often. I don't know how, yeah, that's, it's hard to do. Uh, you mean, I think if you love training and you put a lot of intent into it, um, like we always like, it's common to say, Oh, the weight room is not going to help you in your sport. I think it actually can. It, it just depends on like how you utilize, um, the resources that you have available. Right. Um, you know what I mean? I don't know if yep. that like makes it made sense in my head, but, um, you have to want, you have to want to train and you have to want to train hard consistently, frequently, for it to actually, for you to actually develop. Right. Um, and I don't, I really don't think there's that many people, um, that want to do that, which I you can't blame anyone. Like, 
Um, I think about a lot of the athletes. I, I, I work with basketball players on campus here. None of them want to lift weights. They want to go hoop. And right. like, I, it, I could tell them till they're, I'm blue in the face that like, we can really develop a lot of physical qualities that are going to help you on the court here. They're not going to want to do it. They just, they just aren't. So, right. um, and again, I'm not like, they're not like inferior people because of it. Um, right. but yeah, I think like, yeah, you can develop, turn someone into a freak, but they just, they want, they have to want to be able to do it. They have to understand, um, the importance of the training side of sports. And I just don't think that many people do want it. Well, and then like you have basketball players that like, you know, you look at like a Ja Moran or like, you know, yeah, you know, just pick your poison, LeBron, any, anybody like, I mean, these dudes are just like, they were just born freaks, bro. Yeah. Like they didn't, LeBron didn't need the weight room to fucking be able to do the shit that, that he does. But well, have you, same, seen, but have you the, seen that one training? There's like a training montage of John Morant when he was in high school. Have you seen that? Like ESPN did something on it. Definitely not by the book. It was like burpees into, into box jumps into burpees into like for 60 seconds on 60 seconds off. And it's like, yeah, that's not like optimal training, but look at him. He's really, he's a really good fucking yeah. basketball player. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's a freaks, side note there. I think, yeah, I think freaks, I think freaks are just, I think freaks are just freaks. Now, like, again, I think we're I, like, obviously like we we believe in our profession. Like it, it, like if you, like you said, if you train hard and you train with intent consistently, like you're like, you're, you're going to adapt like in a positive way. And like, and that's where I guess the, 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 the next thing I want to get into, like, I, I think you have a, I, I love your, training philosophy and approach. And I think it's also unique whereas it's, you know, I was actually, I, I, I talked to Cliff to Clifton Harsky a little bit yesterday and I told him that we were going to podcast and he was like, Will's I awesome. I don't know him, but we've like interacted a little bit on, on Instagram. Seems like a cool dude. Yeah, he, dude, he's awesome. And he, he's like, Will, he's like, Will's training philosophy is fucking awesome. Cause it's like, traditionalists yet like it's outside the box meaning like you can think critically essentially mm. but i just want i just want to go into like kind of your what are your what are what what is your training philosophy explain your training philosophy and your approach to not only like your your own training but like the 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 training that you know you're doing with your hoopers and do you have football guys as well yeah, I'm an assistant with football, so I don't I don't make any like programming decisions. I kind of just show up. Gotcha. And then I'm just there. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So just go. Um, yeah. So hopefully I put this into words that make sense. Um, I always talk about just like hitting your minimums, um, and for me that's like you should probably train every muscle group or major muscle group once or twice a week you should probably train it heavy once or twice a week you should probably train it for reps once or twice a week you should probably um sprint once or twice a week you should probably max effort jump once or twice a week you should probably do something for um like your aerobic fitness once or twice a week and obviously the context matters here like depending on what your goals are and what type of athlete you are like 
some right. of these things are the frequency is going to either go up or down. Um, but really I, I, I like to say hitting your minimums. Um, I like to use exercises that are going to give you a lot of bang for your buck. For your buck. Um, like, like basic barbell exercises that are going to be very stimulating to the nervous system. Um, it's going to utilize a large amount of muscle mass. Um, and I try to do, uh, I guess, yeah, the minimum effective dose approach of do things, choose things that are going to be conducive to producing high outputs with a lot of neural drive, um, and do them with intent and do them well. Um, and yeah, I think that that kind of boils it down. So hopefully that answers the question in a sufficient manner. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I'm but, uh, with some of the, and obviously like I see your videos and you're, you move really well, have great mobility. A lot of, uh, a lot of the kids at the facility now, cause I mean, I, I know you do a lot of stuff with the barbell specifically in your own training. Now, again, I don't, I don't know what exactly the, your, your program, program philosophies and stuff looks like with like your, your basketball athletes and stuff like that. Like, but I mean, just, I'll just say down at the facility, we use like, uh, sometimes like we'll lean more towards like a safety bar or like a front squat or, you know, a, a, a front rack split squat or like a trap bar over like a, a barbell deadlift for like some of the high school kids, just cause we just think so again, maybe that puts maybe the kids in a little bit better position to, to like drive those outputs. This is something I was talking with, with Kyle Dobbs about last week. I mean, what are your opinions on like those kind of things when it comes to producing force and like just getting a training effect? Yeah. I mean, so like I was talking about with basketball players, they don't want to lift. Um, and so you have to find workarounds to actually get them to load, load their spine, load their tissues, all, all of that stuff. Um, and so you have to figure out ways that they can actually adhere to these principles. So yeah, I, yeah, you got to figure out ways that allow for that, whether it's using a trap bar safety bar, um, or even if it's just dumbbell work, I mean, it's going to be totally dependent on, the context and what sport you're with, what athletes you're with. Do they like training? Do they not like training? What's their level of experience? What are they doing in their sports on that day? What's the right. plan for the, for the next day? But yeah, always just trying to find ways that they can actually adhere to these principles is a huge component because um, I actually made a YouTube video about this like two days ago about jug. I like the, the title of the YouTube video is just juggling between sets. And so saw it like the, the basketball guys that I work with. So I, I can do this a few different ways. I can get them to train hard with intent, but we have to have um, a sufficient amount of rest in between our working sets of our lifts. So I can either have them go on my clock where I have like a stopwatch and I say, okay, set one, go start the clock. And then we wait two to three minutes or four minutes, whatever it is. And then, when they're not working, they're just standing there and resting. And then I tell them to do the next set, or I can just tell them, I can have like a rolling clock on the wall and say, Hey, take two to three to four minutes in between sets. And again, they're just standing there. Um, or I can do something that's going to get them engaged and, um, stimulate their sympathetic nervous system when it's really easy to check out. So we'll play some stupid game. Like today we played bocce ball, um, between sets. So like everyone would do their working set, then they'd all gather around. I'd put a cone somewhere in the weight room. They all, all had a tennis ball. 
they had to toss the tennis ball to get it close who see to see who get it close to the closest to the cone. Um, they all kind of like cheered for each other. And I mean, it sounds kind of, sounds kind of silly or a, I don't know the right word to say it cringy, I guess. Um, but then like they're amped up, you know, they're and engaged, they're engaged. They're having way more fun than if they were just standing there. Um, and then once everyone does their throw, we see who's the winner by the time everyone's done their throw. It's been like two, two and a half, three minutes. And I just, okay, do your next set and then we'll throw again. Um, yeah, I don't really know where I was going with that. Um, but yeah, again, it's just like finding ways that we can adhere to these principles of training with high intent, getting a lot of neural outputs out of what we're doing. And, um, yeah, I think that, I think that answers the question. What are your, what are your favorite squat variations for your, for your basketball guys? I'm sure you've got some, I'm sure you've got some long, I'm sure you've got some tall guys. Yeah. So I don't really know the answer to this because I'm still trying to figure this out. So, and it goes back to them not liking lifting in the first place. So like I would say, (laughs) I think generally front squatting is probably easier than back squatting for tall, for tall, lengthy guys. Right. Got it. Yeah. But every time we front squat, someone's like, well, this hurts my wrist. Complaining about the wrist thing. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, all right, well, we can put straps on the bar and you can hold the straps. And then, well, no, this hurts my collarbone or like something. So then I'll have some guys front squat if they can do it. I'll have some guys zercher squat because the thing I don't like about zercher squats compared to front squats, though, especially with basketball guys, I want them to get full depth. I want them to actually move load through end ranges of motions, especially at their knees. You know, like I want them to get in deep knee flexion. Yeah. Um, and their ankles, cause they're always wearing these, um, basketball shoes that are super thick and tight. Um, so I want Just them to actually get the these, fuck out of their feet yeah, and their ankles. Yeah. Yeah. So then I'll have some guys zercher, but like when you zercher squat, the bar hits your thighs before you can actually get all the way down get depth. Yeah. So then there's that issue, but then some guys just think it's more comfortable putting the bar on their back. So then, but they can't get very good depth with the bar on their back. So we'll have to elevate their heels. So yeah, there's always like these different workarounds to get them to actually, again, adhere to the principles that we want to adhere to. Um, so I mean the main probably honestly, probably the main, uh, squat would be like a high bar back squat. We just elevate the shit out of their heels. heels. Yep. And like, dude, sometimes their heels have to be crazily elevated just to get it. But I mean, I don't Olympic lift with them, so I don't need them to like have really good, um, like front rack positioning for other exercises. So I don't really care that much. Um, cause we're just looking to get the stimulus to the quads, to the knees yep. and some hip extension too. So, um, yeah, out of those, I would, I guess I would say a, like a high bar back squat would be the yeah. go-to. Um, but then I'll, I'll play around with front squat and zercher squat. Do you trap bar deadlift those guys? We do. Um, we do. Yeah. But the other thing, and it's not like it, the trap bar deadlift is bad or anything. Uh, like, again, I want them to load their, their knees through to true knee flexion, like terminal right. flexion and extension. And with the trap bar, just, you just don't get as much range of motion. Um, right. so actually we'll, a lot of times we'll split if we're going like an upper lower split for four days a week one day will be a trap bar cause they can go heavier and they can just get, get out um, yeah. greater. Yeah. Absolute yep. loads. Um, and then one day we'll, we'll squat. So a lot of times that's, 
I guess that's what we're doing right now. I shouldn't say a lot of times. That's just what we're doing yeah. right now. Yeah. I like, I like that. I like that honestly, even from, even for our kids and like, even for myself, just feels mm-hmm. good. Um, all right, cool. Um, so I got, dude, I asked you so many questions. I mean, like, it would be cool probably if you had like, if you could, if, if for the basketball kids, if you could just have like, Clay and I were talking about this the other day. We we only have two safety bars down at the facility, and Clay's like, I, I want like fucking like six more safety bars, but safety bars are expensive as fuck. And like, dude, the other <laughs> thing about safety bars because we have I have safety bars in the weight room with our basketball team, but we don't have our weight room is really small, um, and we don't have a place to put them. So they're just Set them like all up. they're like all leaning on the wall, and oh, then shit. we have like the barbells that are already in the racks. And if I ever program something with safety bars, they're so lethargic about taking the barbell off the rack and like replacing the safety bar with them because the safety bar is like bulky and you have to like pick it up and carry it and make sure it's facing the right way to put in the rack. So yeah, I would, I would love to use the safety bars more, but I just know it's logistically, it's not going to work very well. They can just be, yeah, they can just be a pain in the ass. Yeah. to, Mm -hmm. To get set up and move around. Yeah, for sure that and like uh who, what else like a uh, like a like a like a weight room that was just already set up with like safety bars and fucking like 10 hack squat machines or something like that for like guys yeah. that are like over six five or six six i feel like would be like a really good way to load guys do you guys mm-hmm. have do you guys do you guys have any machines that no well uh, in our football weight room we have one pit shark um so that's yeah, kind I've of seen reserved. you i've seen you on i've seen you on yeah that. that's just basically for guys who have an injury gotcha um yeah but we have some kaiser machines but i don't know if you if you have any experience with kaiser machines we have the air pressure ones they just suck they get <laughs> stuck they get stuck and like it doesn't matter how much load you try to put on that thing it's always going to be too light like no matter what you're doing it just yeah. doesn't have as much resistance as you need gotcha um so yeah, the, the, the minimums. So sprinting, squatting, hinging, give, give me, give me like, I, I guess, what are your upper, what are your upper body minimums? I know like, obviously like a, like a squat, a hinge, uh, uh, th- those, those are going to be like your, your main, your main kind of lower body ones. And I mean, do you yeah. alternate, do you alternate and do like, like block the block, even just for yourself? Like, do you go like, single leg squatting or do you add single leg like would that be a minimum that like you're adding in it there would, each week as well be, yeah well i would just so i would i would just consider or i would frame it as it's loading it's loading the quads and um knee extension as well as the like the ass the glutes and the hamstrings and uh, as hip extension so um that answer your question? Yeah. I don't know if you yeah. did or didn't. No, no, but no. Upper, upper body wise, I just want to make sure I hit the, like all the muscle groups. So um, I'm, not, I'm not, just not a fan of classifies, classifying and categorizing all of these things like upper body push, upper body pull, vertical push, horizontal pull, like all that stuff. But right. I guess it would be, I would say I, we should probably do something that's like a horizontal push to get the chest and then a, uh, a vertical push to get the, the shoulders. Um, and then I guess, I don't know. I don't think I would classify 
pulling in that way. Cause I think if you're pulling some, if you're extending your shoulder, you're, I think for the most part, whether it's vertical or horizontal, you're still going to get the exact same muscles involved. Um, but I would say I want to get pull-ups in. Now the reason I would say pull-ups would be because when you get to a dead hang, you put those, those lats and the, the muscles of the back, um, into obviously a great stretch simultaneously putting tension on them. And I just think as far as like getting a hyper uh, hypertrophy response, it's probably really good for it. Um, and then also just getting like scapular movement and getting that shoulder through long ranges of motion, a pull-up is probably just like the easiest thing to do for, to get all of those things in at once. Yep. Um, so that would be like the minimum for the upper body. And then I guess I would just say like a push up or a bench press and yep some form of an overhead press, overhead whether press. it's barbell or dumbbell, single arm, double arm, doesn't really matter to me, but yeah, that would be the minimums there. Do you ever get, um, do you ever get any elbow discomfort? Like any, any kind of, any kind of tendon, tendonitis, tendinopathy stuff, tennis elbow. Every once in elbow? a while. Okay. Yeah. Every once in a while. I think I would just call it tennis elbow. That's yeah. 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 My, I, mine, I get the, I, I get this fucking golfer's elbow, man. Like on, on inner, inner elbow what what are what are your kind of and i think for me is like training potentially more like just direct like forearm training or like carries or like a combination of both and like it's just something that like i don't i don't at this point like i don't fucking do enough of but like what are your i mean i, what, I don't know what your thoughts are on on that kind of stuff but I have no idea. Um, <laughs> it just, it comes and goes. It comes and goes. If, yeah. Dude, if it, if it hurts, cause a lot of times it'll just hurt when I flex my elbow. Right. Um, but it also depends on like what my grip is. So if I'm doing sure. a pull up and I'm in a supinated grip, a lot of times if I have this issue, that supinated grip is going to bother me. But if I do like a neutral grip, it's not going to bother me. So I just like, I just choose exercises that don't bother it too they much. Don't. Yeah. And then a week and a half later, the pain's gone. I don't even realize it anymore, but yeah, dude, it'll, it'll just come and go. Yeah. But, I, that was, that, that, that's just something that, that popped into my head. So, um, my next thing here, um, and, and I mean, we kind of, we kind of touched on this, but, um, you know, obviously, you know, with, with your, even with your hoopers, you're, you guys are doing a lot of, a lot of high bar, high bar back squatting with the heels elevated. Um, and like, obviously like a barbell RDL, like, dude, that's a fucking staple. And like, yeah, everybody's program, man, like myself, athletes, that's, um, you know, single leg RDL. That's, that's, that's the other thing. Like when you were talking about just like putting a muscle through its full, like a full stretch, like it's one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about with like the, the hip thrust craze and like the glute bridge craze and stuff like that. And like, for me, on, on one side, I've got this like piriformis syndrome stuff that like kind of same with the elbow, like it kind of comes and goes. And I noticed that when I'm doing more of that, like really short range, like hip extension shit, it tends to flare up more like to the point where like a, a, a couple months, a couple months back, I, I got up one morning and like couldn't fucking walk. Like uh, it was, it was rough, like that sciatic nerve pain and just lower and then just my lower back just feels like it's just seizing up 
but like the more I've thought about it, I'm just like, dude, like training your glutes, like through like an RDL type of motion or like a single leg RDL, like you're going to train, that's training your glutes in a much more effective way than like fucking like hip thrusts and glute bridges. And like, I've noticed even like with some of my like female general fitness clients, like when they start doing like, just when we start like doing whatever, like front foot elevated reverse lunges or split squats. And then we start doing like, uh, you know, single leg RDLs, RDLs. And like, we really load those up and like get stronger on those. Like that's when they're coming back to me and like, dude, like my glutes are like really fucking growing. It's, it was, it's never like, I just feel like it's never when I'm throwing in like bridges and thrusts, like into a cycle. I feel like it's always like a, a few months of like, those kind of exercises when you're putting that when you're putting your glutes through like a full stretch and a full hip extension like i i, I just don't I, what are your thoughts on like bridging and thrusting and like that that kind of thing and like i i think it i think it like for me personally i think it led to more of my like kind of piriformis syndrome shit because where i'm just like you're just constantly you know and and, and like again like every strength coach everybody that i ever worked with like when i was younger when i was in college was you know knees out, knees out, put a band around your knees, like, you know, external rotate, external rotate, external rotate. And like, yeah, like that should definitely happen. But like, like, I, I feel like that led to a lot of my issues there at my, you know, at my pelvis and with my peripheral. I just w- w- want to get your thoughts on, on that kind of stuff. I, I don't really have much more to elaborate than what you just said. Cause I would agree with, with all of it. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I would say, say that's probably, I would say that about every major muscle group, like yeah. you're probably better off from getting it through a, end ranges as much as possible under load, under tension, under stress. Um, one, I, I, dude, I feel better. Like just, uh, for some like anecdotal evidence, I feel better when I do that. And I feel like, uh, um, what's the word? So from like a potentiation aspect too, if I, if I squat through like a full range of motion and I sit down and I pause at the bottom and just relax for a second, and then squat up later that day, I feel more springy, more bouncy when I play basketball compared to if I, if I were to do something like a trap bar deadlift, or I guess even a, a barbell deadlift where I'm not moving, um, through as great, great as greater ranges of motion, you know? Um, I don't know why that is, but I, that's just kind of my experience. No, but I mean, it seems to, it seems to make sense because of the, you know, the, the hips, the glutes, those things are, are getting just more of a, more of a stretch, you know? Like, yeah. It's just, it's just a better, it's, yeah, it's a better stress. They're just yeah. going to respond to it in a different way. And I, and it's just the, the magnitude, that's what it is. The magnitude of the stress, the magnitude of the stimulus is just greater. So you're right. going to get a better response. Um, so, so I, so yeah, building, building on that, like, um, I mean, and again, we, we, we kind of, we, we hit on this, we hit, we've, we've hit on this now several times, but like, I just had down, like for the, the big three for you with the barbell, the squat bench deadlift, um, just what are you, cause I mean, obviously like there's so much, you know, I, I, for lack of a better term, just bullshit, like on Instagram and on the internet about like, you know, people should never you should never barbell squat or you should never barbell deadlift or, or barbell bench press or like these exercises are somehow like, you know, bad. And like, you know, again, at the end of the day, like, yeah, like for me and 
for a lot of people like yeah dumbbell bench like feels really good but like it gets to the point where like dumbbells like you get so i mean i can hit the 100 pound dumbbells at the gym or even the 110s for you know eight or ten reps like you know and it's if i slow the tempo down like i can make it more challenging but like if i really want to push like outputs for strength like it's got to be like it's got to be a swiss bar it's got to be a barbell like and 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 you know it's like so I don't know. I just, I, I just kind of wanted to get your kind of your thoughts on like the big three and like, obviously you're, you're super proficient at, at performing the big, the big three. Um, you know, you, you have, you have really good mobility, really good technique. You're just a strong motherfucker, but like, what, what are your, just, what are your, what are your thoughts on like, even just programming it like for yourself and for, for athletes and. Yeah. Um, uh, so like you've obviously heard of like the bilateral deficit and like, um, well, you should train single leg more than double leg because it, what like all these different kind of rationalizations for it. But dude, you gotta you gotta have some absolute load on the organism to uh, to get a response that's going to force you to get better at producing forces against absolute loads. You know, um, I guess so. Like I bias my training towards that. I don't care. Cause a lot of justification for like single leg stuff. And obviously I do single leg work. I think you should do it. Um, but they'll say like, well, sports isn't played in a sports isn't played on two feet. Sports isn't played in a squared up stance. It's like what that's, it's just, it's poor reasoning. Um, right. It's a, it's a poor rationalization because if that's your rationalization, it's like, yeah, well you don't, you don't play sports and weightlifting shoes, but you wear weightlifting shoes when you work out. You know right. what I mean? Like, there's all of these things like why I don't understand the whole, like picking and choosing, um, certain things that you want, you want to be specific in training to your sport and some things you don't want to be specific in training to your sport. You know what I mean? But right. yeah, no, as far as like, I want to go fucking heavy. That's going to give yeah. you, the, that's, you're going to respond. You're going to have a much greater response to training heavy than you are if you're not training as heavy. Right. And obviously like, I'm not saying just go balls to the walls and look like shit doing it. Um, but yeah, I bias, I bias most of my training for myself and for the athletes I work with, um, towards, uh, exercises that are going to be conducive to loading the organism up as much as possible. Um, well, and, and then, and, and then you don't, you don't have to do as many things either. Like, three sets of heavy squats. You just got like a lot of shit done. Yeah. And then you, you don't have to go, Oh, well, now I should do like some step ups. Now I should do some reverse lunges. Now I should do some single leg, um, hip thrust. It's like, no, like you just got a really, uh, potent stimulus out of the three sets of five really heavy, deep squats. Um, let's go do other things. Now let's go play your sport. Well, let's one go, of the things, let's go sprint, you know? Yeah. Well, or, yeah. Yeah. Change direction. You, yeah, you, can, like, you like, just can cut out, you can cut out a bunch of junk volume, junk work, um, that is way less potent on the organism once you yeah. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. hundred percent. Well, I mean, like, again, I think it's, you know, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I, I just, I, um, there was something I was going to say and I completely, completely blanked on it, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, well, Oh, that's what I was going to say. One of the things I liked about Hoss, um, and like your little, 
like intro before like you even see the program is like you kind of talk about some of these things about like you know the hormonal response that you get from from training at these higher intensities and and pushing these these kind of outputs um you know and plus like the loading your loading your tendons heavy is like specifically for athletes like that's a that's good. Like we, you want to yes. have tendons that are fucking, that are, that are ready to go, man. And be, and, and to be able to, to, uh, to absorb the, all of the forces that you're putting into yourself when you are competing in your sport. Um, I guess like, do you guys, do you guys do, um, uh, do you load, do you load your guy, do you guys do a, a decent amount of like lower leg health stuff and like ISOs and, and shit like that with the, with the basketball guys? Um, calf, oh like calf, well, calf, calf, calf training, stuff like that. The, the calf stuff. Yeah. It, I pretty much just stick to a seated calf raise and yeah. I, I make them, yep. I, yeah, I make them go heavy. Um, so I make them put the safety squat bar on their, like on their thigh or right over their tibia and nice. we'll put plates on the safety squat bar. Um, cause we only have dumbbells up to 120 pounds. Shit just isn't heavy enough. Um, right. As far as like the isometric stuff goes, I've gone back and forth with it. Um, when I started following guys like Tura and Yoakum, and they were talking a lot about that stuff, um, I got really into it. Um, over, I don't know, as time went on, I kind of, I was really into it for a bit. And like, I knew all the stuff about it. I don't know any of it anymore. Like, I just totally forgot about all of it. I've become less interested in it. Sure. Um, and so if someone, if someone were to ask me like, Oh, what's the benefit of all this? Like, I don't know the answer to it, you know? Um, yeah. so, I mean, we'll do a little bit of it because just in the most simple sense, it's good for you, you know, sure. but I, yeah. like, I don't really know why as much. So we'll do, we'll do it every once in a while. I think that stuff is really good to put into a training session for guys when, um, well, here's the thing doing an ice like the isometric lunge whether it's like a floating heel or not heel or not a floating heel it's really easy for guys to just go grab 40 pounds like two 40 pound dumbbells and hold that for 30 seconds or 60 seconds and it's really hard as a coach to know that they're actually um doing it well and doing it with intent and they're feeling they're feeling the calf work they're feeling the glute the quad work so the way i'll end up programming it is um, I'll make, I'll have two partners, um, and I'll make them compete with each other just so you can hold the position longer. Longest, um, yeah. and, and then that way, at least I know they're, they're doing it well because they don't want to lose. Cause then I always just say like loser has some sort of punishment that the winner makes them do. And sometimes they're fucking brutal to each other. <laughs> like yeah. they'll make them, they'll make them do something that sucks as their punishment. So they don't sure. want to lose. Right. Um, so that's the way I will incorporate it. But, um, I haven't, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't really do it myself that much. Right. Um, I just, I just do don't have get, much interest do ever, in it. Do you ever get jumpers knee or like any kind of quad tendon stuff? Dude, I've had jumpers knee now for almost three years. And that's actually how like I found you got into Tura. It. Yeah. So I bought his jumpers knee protocol, um, which is a fantastic yeah, dope. resource. Yep. Um, and so that's helped me manage it and it's come, it comes and goes. Um, but I like, yeah, I'll go back and reference it for myself if it ever flares up. Um, but do you, yeah, it sucks, dude. 
Yeah, it, it, I, I get it. I get it too. Now, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not as much of a high flyer as, as you guys. I mean, I can dunk like a fucking tennis ball or like a volleyball, but, um, but like, do mind flares up too, and I just play like even if I just like hoop for two, like a couple weeks, like I, I hoop like typically like an hour or two hours on Sundays. So like I mm. get, I get that, that actually the, the running causes more like quad tennis stuff, but like, like, do you feel like some of your like heavier, just normal, potentially normal, slower strength work helps with? Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. Instead, 100%. instead of like, you know, yeah. Cause I've noticed, I've noticed that as well. Like when I'm, when I'm loading, nothing, up my, nothing, honestly, nothing makes my knees feel better than, heavy um high bar back squats with a slow tempo on the way down um i'll do like i'll load it up heavy and i'll do two or three reps and i'll go four to six seconds on the way down and then i'll sit at the bottom and relax for two to three seconds and then i'll stand back up nothing makes my knees my, my knees feel better than it after i do something like that gotcha yeah no that's that's big we actually down at the facility we we do we do, a, we do a couple ISO. We do a little bit of, uh, ISOs in their, in their warmup. We've done, we've been doing that now. And again, it's, it's body weight 30 seconds. So it's not, it's not very challenging now. Like some of these kids come in, like when they've never trained before and they're like, holy shit, like a 30 second split squat ISO hold just wrecked me. But like we we've programmed them in some of the kids programs. Um, and like some of the, you know, some of the, some of our jumping at like volley, we've got some volleyball girls down at the facility. So we program that like at the end of their session, like for a minute, like loaded. And I mean, really the only way, like the only way I can tell that like, if, if your leg's fucking shaking at the end, like it's like you're, it's heavy enough. Yeah. Like it's challenging. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're, if, if you're, and, but I mean, again, like we have, a, a, we only have a couple athletes that are like, where we're like, all right, like this makes sense to maybe like throw this in for you because your outputs are already really high. Like you're playing yeah. a lot of volleyball, like, you know, you're, you're, you know, playing whatever six fucking games of club volleyball on the weekends or whatever. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is probably, this probably isn't a bad idea to to throw in. Yeah. Yeah. I think for the most part, when, like, if you're, if you're doing the isometrics, um, like specifically for like the tendon health, most people probably don't need it. They probably can just lift weights and exactly. they're going to get the same, the same effect from it. Exactly. Yep. All right. Cool. All right. Um, so the, the, the next little thing I wanted to, uh, is I, I know you Olympic lift now. I, you know, we, there was some at the university, the, the, my first year at UD, I, uh, I, we did some Olympic lifts when I transferred back home to Thomas Moore, the, the, we didn't even have like a, there was no, there was nobody that had like a, even a CSCS or anything in the weight room. It was just like some guy who played college football and he just threw together basically a fucking bodybuilding routine with hang cleans. Yeah. <laughs> so I never really got to learn from anybody who I, I basically, I haven't learned them. Like, I, I, I mean, I know what they are obviously, but like, I've never, like been with a coach that could like teach me the Olympics. So I don't feel comfortable coaching them. I don't feel comfortable doing them. Um, but like, what's your opinion? And, and we don't, we don't use them at the facility. We don't, we just don't, again, Clay's mm-hmm. Clay's kind of in the same boat. Like he's never been around anybody that like could really teach him like the really good technique and um, you know, on, on Olympic lifts and stuff like that. So, I mean, we lift our kids, we strength train our kids heavy and, 
sprint and change directions and jump. And that's kind of how we get like our athletic, you know, more athletic development work, whatever you want to call it. But like, what is your, what's your take on like, on, on the Olympic lifts? I know you like the Olympic lifts, obviously you said, but you said you don't do it with the basketball kids, right? which seems to, it seems to make sense. Like those big long guys, it probably would take a really fucking long time for them to learn how to move and yeah. get the mobility to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I guess I don't know where to start with this. So I'm sure you've, you've talked to like the ideologues who say you have to Olympic lift. You're, you're missing a key component of athletic development. If you yeah, don't the Olympic NSCA lift. people. Yeah. Yep. So I'm sure you've talked to those people or at least heard them talk. And then I'm sure you've heard the ideologue, the ideologues on the other side that say Olympic lifting is a waste of time. Yes. There's no reason to ever probably more. Like, on, I've, I've probably heard more on that, on that side. Yes. And like, yes. I've probably been that person like, even just a couple of years ago where I was like being around so many people like, Oh, you don't ever, but then like, again, critically, if you critically think about it, it's like, and I had my, my buddy, Jer- my buddy, Jared, if he wasn't in New York, he would be here to like teach me the Olympic lifts. Cause he actually compete. He, he did Olympic lifting. Like he competed in some Olympic Olympic lifting um, events. And like, dude, it has to be, it has to be good. Like if you can do it good and like, you, like you have, like you've developed the skill and like you're strong, like it, it, it has to be good for athletic development. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I totally agree. There's, there's more people, there's more ideologues on the anti-Olympic lifting side. And I always like, it frustrates me listening to them because they always want to frame the should you or should you not Olympic lift debate in um, like power production under that lens. And it's like, yeah, there's millions of ways to improve your ability to produce power. Um, but Olympic lifts like do so many other things. Um, and if you don't want to do them, don't do them. I don't like, I really don't give a shit. I don't do them with a basketball team. I just don't think the juice is worth the squeeze. Um, like it would take a, like, again, they don't want to lift. So if you're going to have them do something that's highly technical, they're going to be less compliant with it anyway. Like in some contexts, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do the Olympic lifts either. Um, but then if you're always going to frame it for like, well, you're, when you do a depth jump, your peak power, your eccentric rate of force development is higher. It's like, there's millions of ways to do that. Like when I think about the Olympic lifts in a more practical sense, the probably the main reason I'm a proponent of them is so when you play sports, you're not just moving your own center of mass. You obviously, you are moving your own center of mass, but a lot of times there's, there's contact involved and you have to move an external body to get from point A to point B. Um, and there's constant banging on each other, whether you're playing football, rugby, hockey, basketball, um, you're, you have to interact with an external body of mass. Right. Um, and I guess, I don't think there's an, anything else in the weight room that besides the Olympic lifts that you do that, because once you're holding a dumbbell, once you have a barbell on your back, that external body now just becomes, um, an extension of your own, own body mass. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So yep. like loaded jumps, back squat, like you're not moving the external body. It's already in its spot and it's staying there. Um, so like you're interacting with an external body of mass when you Olympic lift, which I think is like, again, I don't think you're like totally missing athletic development. if You don't do the Olympic lifts, but that's a component that I think it's missed. Um, and I don't know if it's, um, honestly or dishonestly missed by the people who are anti-Olympic lifting. Um, there's the other thing of like, so I've seen, I've well, seen that's not something about, that's not, I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, like, that's not, 
until I started following your stuff, like I know you, I know you've kind of talked about some of these things before, but like that, that's not something that like, that's not something that I would have thought about, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it was more, it was more coming from the point of like, Oh, it's fucking like they're well again. And a, like, I just don't, I don't feel comfortable doing them myself. So like, I'm not going to fucking coach something that I don't feel like comfortable mm-hmm. doing myself, but like, it's like now like a hang clean or like a high pool or something like that. We've clay and I, that we've fucked around with like that kind of stuff. And we'll throw, we'll throw that's that kind of stuff in. And like every once in a while, even like if we do have a kid that's stronger and a little bit more advanced, like we'll throw that into a program or something like that. But like the, snatches and like the you know full cleans like that's not stuff that we that we do but like again Mm -hmm. it's more of a it's more of a it's more of a comfort comfortability thing and just a the the, my my thought is just like the the skill of it and like with high school kids specifically like dude like i just made a post like for the for our like uh for the pro force page and i'm going to share it on my page like the the lowest hanging fruit for these fucking kids is just fucking getting stronger like if you get stronger like you're you you're you're jump typically gets better like your vert gets better your sprint times get better like you like everything everything improves like if you just build that like base level of fucking strength yeah for sure um yeah but then like so i've i've seen i've seen people online talk about like with football or rugby or hockey players like we want to do contact prep so then uh i'm not going to name any names here but i saw i saw somebody do like a banded like they hooked the bands up in a horizontal manner, like on the hooks of the squat racks. And then the band was at like, I don't know, waist belly button height. And they grabbed the band in the, the crease of their elbows, like a zercher and they would do like step throughs. And it's like, and this is a, this is a well-known prominent strength conditioning coach. So I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but, and he, he called this contact prep. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like contact prep means that you would have to actually um, put high loads with high velocities on the tissue. And there actually has to be contact. And like, if you catch a clean, that's, if you, if you catch a 140 kg clean um, in a front rack position, that's going to prepare you for contact in football better than that fucking Zercher banded step through. And so that doesn't even make want, sense. That doesn't. No, yeah, that it does, doesn't make sense. And I don't want to straw. Sense. I don't want to straw man this person's position, um, and he's not here to defend himself. So I don't want right. to do that. Um, but I see this like, and and there's all these sorts like isometrics. A lot of times is considered like we're doing this for contact prep. I don't know if you've seen that before, but it's like really the only contact prep you can do is like contacting, like making contact with people, playing but, your fuck. Yeah, like playing. Your yeah, sport. exactly. Yeah. But if you want to do something in the weight room that is going to prepare you to handle these types of contacts, like a limp, like a, catching a clean is probably the next best thing for you. Um, so that's the thing. Um, I think as far as like, it's a dy- the Olympic lifts are dynamic movements. Um, and I think it's really important to have us have your lower back be strong isometrically while your the rest of your body is moving dynamically. Dynamically. Um, like if you, if you have poor low back stability in like football, it's pretty easy for someone to just like run you over. You know what I mean? Cause you'll just, yeah, you're spot, you'll just get, you'll just get <laughs> folded up or twisted. Um, yeah. and then as far as training goes, again, the only way to really train for this is by playing your sport, but in the weight room, 
doing a, something like a clean is probably the best way to train for like low back stability because it has to isometrically contract and you know st- stabilize your spine while the rest of your body is flexing and extending and getting like preparing itself to catch a load um so there's that aspect to it um the other aspect is like exercise variation so going back to like the power production stuff if, if you think it's you're better off training to become more powerful by doing loaded jumps that's cool with me um I think at some point you're probably going to run out of like exercise selection options with someone who's like an advanced athlete. Um, especially if you're limited with equipment, like if all you have is a trap bar, dumbbells and barbells, there's only so many ways you can do like loaded vertical jumps. So if you have the ability to do the Olympic lifts, um, you can always throw loaded jumps in for some variation, but also if you have the ability to do a full clean from the floor, you probably can hang clean. You probably can block clean. You probably can high pull, but you, you have all these other options and variations never going to be an issue. But if you only do the loaded jumps and you start to run out of variation and looking for another novel stimulus, um, you can't just like throw in a hand clean or a full clean for someone who's not proficient in the movement. There's like, there's other justifications I have too. I've made like, I don't know, five or six videos on them. Um, Oh, like another thing too is, and again, this is, I'm, they might be reaching here, but when you play sports, basketball is a good example again you have to interact with another with the external body of mass you have to you have to if you're playing basketball and you're trying to drive through contact to finish a layup you have to be able to produce enough force with a high enough rate to get through the contact and finish a layup but you can't just like run someone over either because then that's an offensive foul so like you have to harness it a little bit and so doing like a, doing a clean or a snatch or a jerk with these sub maximal loads, it's just, it gives you this general, very general training effect of producing high force at high velocities, but you're also just not going balls to the wall. Cause if you do that, you're going to hit your chin with the bar. You know or what I mean? So fucking, you have to yeah, like, the fucking bar is just going to feel flying out of your hands. Yeah. 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 So you have to be strong and forceful and powerful, but you also have to be precise with it. And I think there's, there's some general some general carryover to sports with that i don't know I, I have like a laundry list of things i can talk about with it but i think i just it annoys me because people on both sides of the aisle want to frame it in only one way that supports their position um and really it comes like whether or not i use them with my athletes it comes down to like do i think the work to get them to be proficient is worth it the basketball team dude a six foot eight guy trying to have him clean from the floor nine times out of 10, it's just not worth having them do. Right. Um, but like I have the volleyball team clean jerk and snatch. I mean, some of them are like six foot three, but girls are just easier to work with. They're more compliant than guys. Like it's yeah. worth it for me with a lot of like the volleyball players and then football players. I think it's worth it for most of them. And not, and I've seen a lot of football players who just, they can't figure it out. I've worked with them. Other coaches on staff have worked with them dude, their technique sucks. And I would, if I were in charge, I'd probably say, all right, for these five to 10 guys who just, they're juniors and they still can't get the technique right where they're getting much out of it. Let's, let's just have them do something else. So, um, yeah, I just, it annoys me the way it gets framed on both sides. Yeah. And that's, but I try to just offer a different perspective 
around it. Like well, talking mean, about it, these other factors. Again, it's just critically, it's just crit, kind of critically thinking. <laughs> like it's, it's, yeah, exactly. it's not just, it's not put, it's not putting these, it's not putting these, these weight room movements and these different things that are trying to develop, you know, a, a, a better athlete into a fucking box. Yeah. Um, and just saying that like, this is right. And this is wrong. And that there's just too much of that shit. That's not only like in strength conditioning, but the fitness industry in general, man. But like, I, 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 that, that's cool that you do that with the, with the, with the volleyball girls. And I mean, just girls, female athletes and females in general, just, they handle stress better too. So like, that's, yeah. that's like one of, that's like one of the things that, that kind of popped in my head when you were talking about the Olympic lifts with those guys. Um, I mean, Again, just we've we've already covered this, like, but um, no, I mean we've covered that. That's not really something that I need to ask. So the, the the note says physical prep for each sport. Like, does your programming change slightly? And that again, you literally just answered that. Like we we've talked about that the whole time. Um, yeah, shit, man. I don't know. I don't know if I have anything else. I that the route. I guess the the other thing, like we were kind of talking off air, like I, I mean, what is your? And again, you don't you don't have to talk about this if you don't want to or whatever. But like route for I'll like a, you know, I'll do it in an intelligent the, manner. It's not the, gonna be in the, trouble. The the route the route <laughs> the route for younger younger coaches like S and C coaches interns uh kids that are like exercise exercise science majors. Um, what would be your, what would be your, your advice as a, as a, as a coach? So, okay. This might be a different answer than a lot of people would give, but I would say get active on social media. Um, I know, and it's changing a little bit, but there used to be this sense of like, don't be active on social media. That's you're just, you're just looking for likes. You're looking for followers and you're a sellout and all that kind of stuff. And I think that is, I think that's going away. Um, but like get active on social media, start putting your ideas out. Um, someone is going to like it. Some people are going to hate it too, but someone's going to like it. It's going to be good for you, for you. You're going to, the more you post online, the more you can go back and look at what you posted a year ago and think, wow, like I've actually grown because I don't think this anymore. Like I've changed my mind on a certain subject and it's, it's almost like a diary. Like I've gone back to, I've been doing the YouTube stuff now for two years I would say my first 10 videos that I made, I think I had like disagree with a lot of the stuff I said in those videos. Um, and if I were to go back on Instagram two, two years ago, it's probably the same thing. Um, and so like, it's, it's really cool to see yourself evolve and just develop your, your ability to, um, articulate your ideas. So that would be probably number the, the best advice I'd have for somebody. I mean, you and me, we've connected through social media. I've connected yep. through a lot of other people through social media. Yep. Um, and that would be, yeah, that'd be it. Get active on social media, put your ideas out there. Um, and don't, don't put any concern into whether or not you look like a sellout or whether or not you look, whether or not people are going to make fun of you. Like who cares? Yeah. Just, yeah. just put it out. Well, and that's, a, that's definitely a thing, obviously for, you know, I, we, we were, we both, we both played football and like guys in the football locker room, even like guys that I'm still friends with, like, you know, they've always got some shit to say about like, Oh, you're yeah. still, uh, posting all this shit on social like, Yeah. Whatever. Like, it's like, yeah, well, dude, this is kind of like my career and how I feed my family. So it's like, this is, this should exactly. be important to me. And like, if I can get my ideas out to more people, like that's potentially more people that I could help, you know, with, or at least share my ideas with, you know? Yeah. So, um, 
the one thing that popped into my head <laughs> that popped into my head, like, what do you, how do you feel about, um, this is kind of going back to like training stuff, but I mean, obviously I know you're, you're obviously again, stuff we've talked about, you're a big proponent of like training through a full range of motion. So like, I think the more you do that, the less you have to like do like static stretching and like just right, general yeah. mobility work and stuff like that. But by the same token, like some of that shit, like even whether it's like, I, I, I'm not really for me, at least I'm not like concerned about what the research articles and all this bullshit is saying. Like if it makes me feel better, or if it makes an athlete or a client like feel better to do some sort of like stretch or do some sort of mobility exercise, I'm, probably going to fucking do it and like also like if maybe they do have a mobility limitation like maybe it's whatever t spine mobility or whatever the fuck like or you know t any kind of like rotate like i'll just throw in like some rotational pressing or rotational rowing and like try to get them like stronger through that but like what's your take on like stretching static stretching that kind of thing i kind of have the same take as you i don't do a ton of it yeah. um because i find it boring for myself and so boring so like you it when i do do it i do feel better um yep. i've never done it consistently enough for a long like a long enough period of time to actually like determine whether or not it actually does something for me physiologically you know so right. i don't really know but i do feel better when i do it i just think it's boring and i never actually stick with that kind of stuff for myself me neither for the athletes kind of tell me Sometimes athletes will come in and they, they'll say like, Hey, can we stretch before we work out? And I always, I'm like, I just go, nah, you can do that before. If you want, if you like it, go ahead. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to program that in for you guys. Right. Um, I don't know if they like that or not, but yeah, I don't, I don't ever like program that in. I never, whether it's before or after a lift, I'm always just like, yeah, if you want to do it, do it. Uh, I don't really have an opinion either way. Yeah. Uh, um, because I think all the research on that stuff sucks. It's just, it's poorly done. I think most of the research in general is poorly done. And I don't, I just don't give it a lot of uh, credit. Right. So, but I mean, sometimes I'll look into research and find something that I think is, um, is well done, but sure. I don't know. Yeah. Well, with, with like the stretching stuff, it always, you cannot uh, quantify the magnitude of a stretch. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yep, you can't I do because everyone yep. has a different level of elasticity within their muscle. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what the research says, I guess. Doesn't most of it say it's like negligible and yeah. Really and like, yeah. And like, well, obviously the adage of like, you know, you shouldn't do any static stretching before training. And like, I, I, I just, I don't, I'm not, I know you're you, you, on Jake Durr's podcast. You said reject the premise like 15 times. And I kind of like, I'm not sure. Like, I kind of think I reject the premise on that it, 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 anecdotally because like what for myself, like I'm a, you know, bigger former athlete, like just like, it feels good sometimes to like static stretch before I go into a fucking squat. Like it just like, yeah. if I do a, if I do a pancake or I do like a, 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 a cow stretch for a minute or two, like I feel better. Like, and I don't feel like yeah. my power decreases at all. Like it, my strength is still, yeah, dude. And the other thing about that, cause I like, obviously, and I know that's what like research was saying like 10 years ago, like if you static stretch, now you're, you're, uh, neural efficient, like you're inhibited, you're inhibiting your, uh, nervous system to, to excite the, I don't even know all this shit, this shit anymore, but yeah, like, yeah, no, you're not because you can static stretch and then you're still going to do like some warm up sets and you're still going to like progressively get into, 
um, whatever activity you're going to do. And then all that stuff comes back. So no, right. you're not losing, you're not losing the ability to produce these high outputs. I don't, yeah. yeah, I think that's so stupid. Yeah. I think some of that stuff's silly too. Uh, the, the only other thing, what, what is your, what's your, what's your favorite thing about the training, strength and conditioning fitness space and what's your least favorite thing? Uh, okay. It's, it's this, it's the same answer for both. And it's kind of what I just said about like giving someone advice. I love the social media aspect of it because that's how I've connected with you. That's how I've connected with Jake Turner, Austin Yoakum, uh, like a bunch of other people. Um, and it's, it's been great for learning, dude, I've learned so much more shit on social media and YouTube and, um, all these different avenues compared to like my college education. Um, but then on the flip side, um, you have like, I don't want to say it's like the, yeah, the, 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 the people who call you a sellout and stuff for using it. Um, which is usually a lot of times it's like the guys who are 40 years old and older who yeah. like they have the social media, but they won't really, um, put forth many authentic ideas out there on it yeah. because they're, they're concerned about what their friends are going to say about them. If they do it and like what their inner circle is going to say about them, if they sure. use social media to advance their career, I guess. Um, so it's like this, the same answer, like the social media aspect of it is awesome. And it also, it sucks too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, dude, it was a pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me, dude.